For GateWorld.net, I'm Darren Sumner. David Reed and I are here with Miss Michelle Morgan. Michelle, you play Fran on Stargate Atlantis. Yes, I do. Friendly Android Replicator. What is it? Friendly, uh, replicator. Replicator Android. Android, Android yeah. <laughs> Thanks for talking with us today. No problem. Tell us uh, a little bit about how you got here, how you uh, were cast for Fran. Basically, I uh, was living out in Vancouver for a short period last spring, and they kept bringing me out for uh, <clears throat> for Stargate, for, for um, you know smaller roles, like an engineer here and there, and I wasn't booking anything. And then they cast me as the daughter of the seer in that episode, the seer. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I was really excited to play it. It was a great guest-starring role. Yeah. Um, but I had to go and do reshoots for a film I had done called Diary of the Dead. So I couldn't do it really upset. I thought I finally had my chance to work on Stargate, and then uh, the next week I got cast as Fran. Were you a fan of the show? I've seen uh, a episode, but I don't really get to watch a lot of television. I rent it. Um, <laughs> and subsequently, you know, upon being cast, I went back and, and rented a bunch of episodes, and obviously the first episode, the sort of Almost, a, it was almost a feature-like film. Yeah, rising. See mm -hmm. what you got yourself into. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So through this experience with uh, "Be All My Sins Remembered" last year, now you're in "Ghost in the Machine." Uh, have you gotten to know the replicators and Fran's role in the larger Stargate story? Yeah. In my through my research, I've been trying to understand uh, these replicators and. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this idea of ascension that they have because I was like, what are they talking about? Um, and it's neat. Basically, they're, they were an artificially made race who are trying to, as hard as they can, to be human. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. And be more than human. Be, go where the humans went, their predecessors went. Because you know? right. the people who created them left themselves. And the only way that they can feel remotely equal is to see if they can achieve what the, what their predecessors achieved. Yeah. Tell us first about Be All My Sins Remembered. When you think about uh, your work on that show, what, what stands out in your mind? Um, I had so much fun with that because it was great to just play a completely innocent character yeah. and someone with no ulterior motives and yeah. just pure contentedness to be in this moment and to do what she has to do and it was it was it was really a relief because you get a lot of complicated characters and a lot of brooding characters and yeah. it was really nice to play something so light and simple she was literally a blank slate yeah yeah but I mean I kind of I, I tried to bring like a, a bit of a childlikeness yeah. to her and sort of a, a wonderment with everything around her so that was fun to do as a replicator, she's extremely dangerous, but yet uh -huh. she's also very endearing. <laughs> That's great. You go through the episode, you're thinking, is she going to turn on us, you know, or is she going to fulfill her destiny? Because one of one of the neat things that Fran says is, you know, um, who who has the chance to know what they're going, what they're meant to do with their life, mm -hmm. and then get to fulfill it? Absolutely. So, she yeah, she, she really doesn't. Think there's any need to complicate things, and she thinks it's hilarious that uh, that uh, David's character is is, is McKay. McKay that McKay is uh, you know conflicted about this. Yeah, she doesn't understand that because it's very simple. So, and I think that's great that you're wondering if she was going to turn because that thought never crossed my mind. Really? Oh you know? yeah, she's not going to turn. She knows what she wants to do. Mm -hmm. Leah, he was always worried that you know is this morally the right thing to do because he grew attached to her, mm -hmm. and now she's now he's got to basically go. With, 
send her off with a bomb essentially strapped to her chest, you know, for for a metaphor for our times. But um, yeah, it was very effective. Thank you. Who is Fran in your mind? Is she a combination of programmed replicator nanites, or does she have a personality? Does she have a soul? Oh yeah, I mean, she. As far as for me as an actor, I I'm, I try not to get too caught up in the fact that she's artificially created. She has to be a, a person. So like I said when I was playing the original Fran, I just wanted to to play, and I and I drew on different like children in my life. That she was just like a very straightforward, honest, pure person. Actually, my best friend in the world, this girl Sherry, is a lot like Fran. So she has a soul and she's a person. But it's different now because I'm essentially playing Elizabeth Weir. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not. Because the way that I'm thinking about it is that Elizabeth has been through something that we can't even imagine. I'm essentially thinking of it as if Elizabeth has been to hell. Being a disembodied, essentially almost like an electric channel, wiring, you know, going through... Uh, race tech and in and out of um, space. I think she, she describes it as the worst migraine ever, constant motion and horrible sound. It sounds like hell. So, and then to suddenly be in a body again, I think that Weir would probably have a sense of wonderment about being animated again. So, does that, that's like a long-winded way of describing it. No, right. I think that she, that absolutely, she, the characters I'm playing do have a soul and they are like humans. How much is Fran Fran in this episode Ghost in the Machine? Not she, at all. She's just all weird. Yeah. In a Fran body. Absolutely. And and I was talking to Carl Binder about it um, and got excited because he was like, well, this is great. Now we've established that the table has the Fran template. Right. And anytime they need her. Anytime they need her. And anytime, like, different characters can now be channeled through this <laughs> this template. So I was like, yeah, Carl. And he's like, yeah, you know, you can end up playing all kinds of different characters, like, but through Fran. So that's really fun as an actor. Mm -hmm. I would love to play Fran again, though. Yeah. That'd be fun. Were you surprised when the show's producers asked you back? Um, I was, I was, I was pleased, but I wasn't surprised because uh, me and David Hewlett were joking about it last year, and and I was, he was like, well, you know, we're we're blowing you up, but we could always recreate you, and I was like, yeah. So we, he he had already sort of dropped the idea in my head, so I wasn't totally surprised actually. But I was definitely very pleased, and my character in this episode has a much bigger part, so that was a nice surprise. Have you seen The All My Sins Remember? Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts on it? I thought it was a great episode, and I thought that it was, uh, I think, what really appealed to people is the question of, of is Fran a person, or is she is she made up of nanite cells and therefore has no, yeah, is she just a tool, or is she a being that should be pitied? So I think that that kind of it was a an, an, an really uh, effective element of the of the episode. I would have loved to see that as a two-parter with a full episode just devoted to the ethical conundrum of is Fran a person yeah, and should she be used in this way? Well, maybe they'll, uh, I don't know, let's, let's drop the bug in their ear to bring Fran back and they'll have to deal with that again. Because that's one of the bigger conundrums, you know, we're, we're in this constant struggle against the replicators, you know, just trying to get rid of them. But we, never, we never, never really stop and think about, are we terminating a society? Yeah. Here? I mean, and if you think about it, they're, they're complex. They're, they're self-aware. Yeah. They're trying to ascend. They are a race. So to wipe, I mean, to wipe them out, there's definitely ethical questions. 
there, but at the same time they're an enemy and they're, they're a threat, so you have to look out for your own as well. Which is actually what this episode is, 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 is about, because I'm Elizabeth Weir, but I am also a replicator. Yeah. I'm a replicator now, and that is what Weir is dealing with in this episode, that she thinks in her head, I'm just Elizabeth Weir, I'm not a threat to these people, but she yeah. turns out being a threat to them because she's a replicator, and she has to realize that, that now I'm a yeah. replicator, and I have to think of myself as a replicator. Mm-hmm. So, if I really love my people, what should I do? Yeah, how can, I, how can I protect them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carl said something interesting to me, uh, the writer, he said, that's part of changing, not realizing you've changed. Do you know what I mean? So I think that there's like a, there's a scene where um, where Shepard says to her, "You think you're Elizabeth Weir, but you're not." And then it really hits her. Maybe I'm not really Elizabeth Weir anymore. Maybe I have changed. So, uh, is she a human or is she a replicator? She's both, and and that's that's what's interesting about this episode. How did you uh, prepare yourself to play uh, sort of half of a character mm-hmm. at least uh, is? someone who's very established in the Stargate universe. Yeah, well, you know, I did. I definitely went back and watched um, Weir. I watched episodes with her and sort of studied the way that she was and the way that she spoke. And But mostly I, I really focused on the way that she thought and the way that she approaches yeah. situations because she's, she's, um, she's all about diplomacy. She's very intelligent. Um, she's not a wimp in any way. Um, so I really kind of tried to like have a grasp of the way that she approached situations and the way that that she would talk to people in these high-stakes situations. Did you end up with a favorite weird episode out of that experience? Um, There was a few favorite scenes for sure. I mean, I was really struck by a scene between Weir and Taylor, and I can't tell you the name of the episode, where Weir is is complaining um, that she's not being treated equally as a a woman. You know what I mean? That she did have that vulnerable side of her, that she was kind of always being forced to second-guess herself because of all these men around her pushing her around. So I thought that was interesting. What else did she do? I don't know. Yeah, I thought she she was a tough character. There was a great scene in episode Suspicion where Taylor approaches... Weir and and um, she asks her, "Do you ever have doubts?" And Weir says, "I can't afford to have them." Mm. You know, as a leader, I think that was very poignant. You know, it's cool that you're embodying that. Well, it's a challenge. Can you imagine having that kind of responsibility? Like I look at world leaders, and yeah. it's it's unfathomable the amount of power that one person can have and the decisions that they make. Um, and it takes a really strong character to be able to, to, to be in those kind of positions. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> Ghost in the Machine uh, is is largely about resolving this this character thread uh, with Elizabeth Weir, uh, and there's there's some some political issues going on with with Tori not reprising the role. Um, do you find it a particular challenge to step into the middle of this situation and play your character to the best of your ability? No, because I, I'm not really involved in that situation. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm actually quite removed from that situation. I, I, sure. I come in and I do my part, and so I'm just really approaching it with, I just want to make the character interesting and make this a great episode, and that's all I'm going to worry about. Well, it's, it's a, a testament. Yeah, and it's a testament to your work. You know, this character who's been around for five years, you know, 
this 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 young woman who who came in for this little scene last year just blew us all away. You know, let's give her this mantle. Oh, let's see you. what she can do with it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely honored to be back. I think this is a really really cool show, and I've been lucky enough to get involved with it. Sci-fi is really fun for actors because, um, and I, I, it's almost like doing Shakespeare. And I'll explain that it's it's. Um, you get to sort of step out of the everyday casual world and into sort of these high stakes situations that are really um, about like core basic human elements. Um, and you know, Ken Girardi, the the director of this episode, says it's like opera. Hmm. Really, uh, everything is like really high stakes, and it, it's a different world. So it's fun for actors and directors and everyone involved. As, to po as opposed to something like... As opposed to something like VOC, you know, just yeah. like, hey, let's go to the mall, like, whatever. Like, there, there can be there can be cool, <laughs> there can be great scenes in those shows, like, don't get me wrong, but there's something really fun about playing, about playing in a different world. Well, we're exploring the human condition is what we're exploring. I mean, it, yes. it may be replicators and it may be life-sucking aliens, but it's, it's about us. It's and by and us. by removing humans from the human world, it's a, it makes it even a, a better way to explore the human condition. Would you call yourself a fan of science fiction, viewing or, or reading? My older brothers are huge sci-fi fans, so I grew up kind of by osmosis yeah. watching almost every episode of Star Trek, and um, I've seen like you know all the Star Wars, and yeah, no, I've I've definitely actually just through osmosis to my brothers been really. Um, exposed to all that, um, but me personally, I these days like don't tend to watch a ton of sci-fi. Now, gotta be honest. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, I heard Battlestar Galactica is also an amazing show that yeah. that I'd like to. I'm gonna actually rent that this week. Yeah, extremely intelligent. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yep. What do they think about you being on Atlantis? Who? Oh, they're so excited. Fran has received really enthusiastic reception among the fans. Oh, great. Uh, have you gone online or encountered any of this yet? Uh, I've encountered it in a very small way. Uh, a couple of people have actually found me oh, yeah? online and emailed me and stuff. You think that's creepy? Or? Well, you know what? I prefer if it's through uh, something like Gate World or something like that. But you know how I've also found it? People have chatted about it on IMDb in a really nice way. Hmm. So yeah, I thought that was I thought that was cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, the door is certainly left open for more Fran in the future. Would you like to come back to the show? I would love to come back to the show. Yeah, it would be really, really fun. And I, you know, I dropped the bug in Carl's ear, and we talked about it. The writer called Binder, so um, I really hope that they do that. I would love to come back as a, a regular character. That'd be super fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what uh, other projects have you been working on where fans can can go and find more of your work? Um, I was recent this year. I was in George A. Romero's Diary of the Dead. And uh, I'm also a regular on the CBC series Heartland, which is a yes. Canadian television drama. Mm -hmm. um, and we're about to start filming our second season. Terrific. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about who you are when you're not Fran. Uh, sure. Um, I am. My, my parents are from Chile, but I was born and raised in Canada. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm really into sports like I love snowboarding and um, I'm always like outside I ride my bike everywhere and uh, yeah I live in Toronto I come from a really oh, big do. family yeah 
I come from a big family. I have five siblings, and I live with a couple of my cousins and my brother and my sister in this crazy house in Toronto and mm-hmm. having a good time. Yeah. Um, what else? I have a cat named Davis. <laughs> <laughs> He's named after a character on the original Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, wow. Okay. Would you be open to um, making appearances at conventions? I actually have done two conventions for Diary of the Dead. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was just at uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend in Dallas. <laughs> How and was that experience? horror finds in Baltimore. You know what? The conventions were cool because imagine, like, I'm now really good friends with the entire cast of Night of the Living Dead. And there's a few different people in the community that I'm friends with and that I, I will have those friends forever. Um, I don't think that I'm going to... I just don't want to become one of those actors who only do conventions. Because yeah. there are those actors, and I don't want to be that. You know what I mean? Wormhole disengaged.